you what to do if you'll give me, give me about 20, 25 minutes tonight to get through this uh, outline that I have for you this evening, but I really believe, I really believe this is going to be a help to somebody. And, and so I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about this subject, the second, what I'm going to call the second fruit of the Spirit. And so uh, look at Galatians chapter 5 in your Bibles, and when you find your place, if you're able to stand, let's stand, and let's read Scripture, some Scripture tonight. We've read many, many times. Some of you are saying, Pastor, if we keep reading this, I'm going to have it memorized. Praise the Lord. That's a blessing. That'd be great if that was the case. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16. Again, if you're visiting tonight, we're so honored to have you here at Calvary. Thank you for being here this evening. And it's 7.05 right now. And so just give me a few minutes and we'll work our way through this. And I believe it'll be a help to you tonight. Verse 16, the Bible says this, I say then walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. In other words, they become they, they come to the surface, uh, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. And then verse 25 says the same thing that verse 16 said. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk. Let us also walk in the spirit. You may be seated tonight. Let's go to the Lord and I'm gonna jump quickly into this tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you for the privilege to be at Calvary. Thank you for all that you've done today. And wow, Lord, what a great spirit here tonight. Lord, there's a spirit of liberty. And uh, Lord, I'm reminded of that verse that says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And Father, I'm thankful that there's tenderness and among the hearts tonight. I'm so thankful for the great testimonies that we've heard. Lord, I don't know about anybody else, but those testimonies help me tonight. And then Lord, to see folks in the altars. Lord, even, even long before the preaching time. God, we just thank you. That's how you work. That's how you are. And Father, we, we want to say thank you for meeting with us at Calvary. We understand that we don't hold a corner on the market. Lord, you could, you, you could take your blessing away anytime you want to. And so it's not because of us. It's because of you. It's because of your grace and your mercy that you meet with us. And, and for that, we're thankful. Father, as we take just a few moments and organize into a Bible study, I pray that you would use what we're going to say tonight. I pray you'd use it for your glory, for the glory of your son. But then, Lord, I pray that you'd use it to edify your people tonight and to build your people tonight in their Christian walk. And me, I need it too, Lord. And so I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, and I pray that you'd save any in this room that are lost and undone without Jesus. Oh, God, I pray you'd save them. Father, we already... I got a message. The prayer lines are open, and, and uh, Lord, maybe there's somebody watching tonight that, that needs to call. Lord, I pray you'd help them to call, and we'd love to pray with them over the phone this evening. And so, Lord, be with us tonight. Help us. We pray. We love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray, and for his sake, and all the Lord's people said, 
Amen. Well, I don't know about anybody else. This has been a good, this has been good, a good series for us. I, I really believe we've learned a lot. I believe it's helped us. I believe it's helped me. And we've talked about so many things, and we've been here for a long time now on this, uh, the ministry, what we're calling the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about many things. We've talked about what it means to walk in the Spirit. Twice we read that tonight, walk in the Spirit. There's a big difference in walking in the Spirit, stepping in the Spirit. We talked about uh, the biblical symbols of the Spirit of God. We talked about the wind. We talked about the water. We talked about the dove. Um, we talked about how Galatians chapter 5 teaches us concerning the illumination of the fruit of the Spirit. But Galatians chapter 6 uh, is an illustration of the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about the difference between the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. We talked about the importance of the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about how it was visible, how it was very specific, how it was vital to please Christ. We talked about how the works of the flesh complicate life. We read that tonight. 17, 17 works of the flesh and just nine fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, and if you cultivate a life that's given to the flesh, it's just complicated. It's messy. It's just a messy, it's a messy way to live. And then we started, we didn't get very far at all, but we started talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Some of you remember, but it's been several weeks ago. And so that's why I'm reviewing just a little bit. We talked about the fruit of love, the fruit uh, of the Spirit of love. We said our Bible talks about affectionate love, but that's not necessarily the spiritual fruit of love. We said the Bible speaks about brotherly love, but that's not necessarily the fruit of the Spirit, love. But the Bible does talk about agape love, and that's a godly, a godly love. And that is, in fact, that fruit of love that the Bible talks about in Galatians chapter five. But I wanna, I wanna go a step further tonight, real quickly. I wanna talk to you about the fruit of joy. The fruit of joy. Um, that word joy there, Galatians chapter five, verse 22, is the Greek word chara. Uh, we get a word from that, it's the word cheerful, cheerful. That's what it means, that word joy, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Uh, it is a word that means cheerfulness. It's a word that means calm delight, calm delight. And it's also a word that means gladness. In, in other words, if you're walking in the Spirit, the Spirit of God is gonna bear that fruit through you, and part of that's gonna be love, agape love, but also you're gonna have a cheerfulness about your life, you're gonna have a calm delight, and you're gonna have a gladness about your life. Now, as I was putting this outline together, as the Lord was giving this to me, you know, one of the things I thought about was this, you know what, joy, joy really is, it really is one of the distinguishing qualities of a spirit-filled child of God, it really is. It is that, it's that attribute that makes them stand out from other people. You know, and, and, and think about it like this, it seems like we're seeing less and less joyful people. I don't have to tell you that, you work. You work a job. You work in a plant or a factory or an office or wherever it may be. It doesn't matter where you work at. Some of you are what we would call blue-collar workers. Others of you are what we would call professional. And uh, some of you work in the medical field. Others of you work in, uh, you know, work in farming. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, it don't matter where you work, but if you work, you know, you know that, boy, there's not a lot of joyful people anymore. In fact, it not only seems like there's less and less joyful people, but it really seems like there's more and more angry people. Boy, people are just angry. 
I mean, folks just have a lot of anger. I mean, we're seeing anger on the job. Uh, listen, uh, somebody gets fired and they come back and shoot everybody. Man, who would have ever thought we'd ever see anything like that? Anger on the job, anger at church. Man, people are angry at the church today. How about this, angry on the road? They are, aren't they? Man, we hear about road rage all the time. Folks are just filled with anger. Listen to this. It was New Mexico, 2015. Alan Garcia threw his hands up in exasperation when another car forced him out of his lane on the Interstate 40 in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That was enough to set a terrifying chain of events into motion. The driver of the other car, Tony Torres, gave chase when Garcia accelerated. Then he pulled out a handgun and fired two shots at Garcia's car. One of them hit Garcia's four-year-old daughter, Liliana. The police offered a $25,000 reward that eventually led, led them to Tony Torres. He confessed to the murder and was sentenced to 16 years in prison. All because of a little incident on the road. Man, folks are angry. It just seems like more and more people that we talk to, more and more people that we meet, man, folks are just, they are just filled with anger. But this is, this is wonderful because what the Bible is, is giving us here is a great contrast. And that, that's this, that if you are genuinely born again and you're walking in the Spirit and you're filled with the Spirit and you're bearing the fruit of the Spirit, you're not only not going to be angry and you're not going to be bitter, but your life is going to be full of the joy of the Lord. Well, let's talk about joy just a little bit because there's some great lessons in the Word of God about joy that I want to give you tonight. And again, I told you I'd be quick and I am going to do that tonight. How about this? First of all, we notice that joy is provided by God. Joy is provided by God. Cheerfulness, that calm delight, that gladness, all of these come from the Lord. Now take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to the book of Psalm, Psalm chapter four, and look with me at verse number seven tonight. Psalm chapter four and verse number seven. And look what our Bible tells us here. Psalm chapter four and verse number seven. The Bible says, thou hast put gladness in my heart. Thou has put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Turn over just a few pages to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, Isaiah 61. And I want you to understand, church, that joy, you say, Pastor, where does joy come from? Joy is provided by God. So, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 61, and when you find your place there, look for verse number three. Isaiah 61, verse three. The Bible says, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, look at this, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Listen, joy is provided by God. By the way, that teaches us a great truth. That's exactly why the world can't seem to find it. Because joy is provided by God. You know what the truth of the matter is? The world is looking for joy in all the wrong places. Now, I want to tell you here tonight, church, I'm, I'm just, listen, I love you tonight, but I want to tell you what, you're not going to find joy in the honky-tonk. And you're not going to find joy in the hangout. 
and you're not going to find joy uh, with friends necessarily or money or prestige or popularity or pornography or immorality. Now, I, I will tell you this, the world knows how to find the pleasures of sin. They do. They do. You say, preacher, are you trying to tell me none of those things are fun? I'm not telling that at all. The Bible says the pleasures uh, of sin are good for a season. They're good for a season, but they don't last. They don't bring true joy. You may have fun for a little while. You may have a good time for a little while, but I'm just telling you, it doesn't last. It doesn't last. By the way, that's, that's why they've always got to be go, go back for more. Why? Because joy comes from the Lord. Joy does not come from sin. Joy comes from the Savior. Now, church, listen. Did you know there are some things in life that are just exclusive? Factually exclusive. Now, our world, our crazy world we're living in, they they don't want you to think there are any absolutes. But there are some things that are factually exclusive. Now, you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Okay, if you came to me tonight and you said, hey, Pastor, I got great news. And I said, well, wonderful. What's your good news? Well, you say, we're taking a trip and we're gonna go visit the Empire State Building. And I would say to you, oh, that's great. Man, that's fun. I've been there. I, rem- I remember the night Miss Tammy and I went to the top of the Empire State Building and that specific night, man, it was windy. Good gracious, it was windy. It was so windy, Miss Tammy was almost afraid to go out uh, into the, the observatory there. And, but you say, yeah, preacher, we're going, to the, we're going to the Empire State Building. I say, wow, that's great. You mean you're, you're going to New York City? And you're like, oh no, we're going to Kansas. <laughs> now, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. You, you said you're going to experience the, the, the Empire State Building. That's exactly right. But you're going to Kansas. That's right. Church, I hate to tell you this. But the Empire State Building is exclusive to New York City. If you're here tonight, you say, uh, preacher, we are going to visit the Grand Canyon. I can't wait. I would say, man, that's great. You need to do that. It, listen, that's bucket list type stuff. My wife and I did this that last year, and, and I'm telling you, I'm so glad we did it. And I mean, it's just, it's absolutely mind-boggling. And when you see the Grand Canyon, it makes you understand how big he is and how little you are. And, uh, and you say, yes, preacher, we're going. We're going to the Grand Canyon. I said, wow, that's great. You must be going to, to Arizona or something like that. Oh, no, no, no. Preacher, we're going to New Hampshire. And I said, wait a minute. You're going to visit the Grand Canyon? Yeah, we're going to visit the Grand Canyon. Listen, I hate to tell you this, but the Grand Canyon is not in New Hampshire. If you were here tonight, you'd say, preacher, hey, I got great news. I said, what's your news? You say, hey, we're going to go drive across the Golden Gate Bridge. And I would say, man, you need to do that. It's amazing. Well, I remember the first time we did that, man, it was just, by the way, it's really not that big. It's really not that long. And I'll tell you something else. You got to pay to go across it. And uh, that was sort of a bummer. But, 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 uh, but you know what? You ought to do it. Everybody ought to do it one time in their life. And it was neat. I mean, it was just a, a part of Americana, just to drive across the, the Golden Gate Bridge. And you say, yeah, preacher, we are so excited. We've been planning it for months. And uh, we're going to the Golden Gate Bridge. And, and I, I, I were to say to you, man, that is, that's wonderful. You mean you're going to San Francisco, California? And you say, no, we're going to go down here to Raleigh and do it. <laughs> now, wait a minute, church, this is what I'm saying. There are some things that are factually exclusive. Did you know it is a fact? Joy comes from God. 
It comes from God. And that's why our world is so mixed up because they're searching in so many other places and they they are determined they're gonna find joy and they try to find it in morality and they try to find it in drugs and they try to find it in appeal and they try to find it in a bottle and they try to find it in fame. And I'm just telling you tonight, you're not gonna find joy outside of God himself. God, listen to me, God is the one that provides joy. Tell you something else, number two. Number two, joy, well, this is a blessing. Joy is prepared for the saints. All right, take your Bibles tonight, look at Psalm chapter 97. I'm gonna bless, I'm, the Lord's gonna bless you with this. Psalm chapter 97, look at verse number 10. Psalm 97, 10. Joy, number one, is provided by God, but number two, joy is prepared for the saints. Psalm 97.10, the Bible says, Ye that love the Lord, hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Look at verse 11. Psalm 97.11. The Bible says, Light is sown for the righteous. And here's the word. And gladness for the upright in heart. For those who actually live for the Lord. You know what the Bible's telling us there? God stores up joy prepared to give you just at the right time. In fact, let me show you another great verse. You're in the book of Psalms. Turn back to Psalm 31. Psalm 31. Let me, boy, let me show you something that'll bless your soul tonight. Psalm 31. And look at verse number 19. Joy is provided by God, but joy is prepared for the saints. Psalm 31. And verse 19, look at this church, this is so good. The Bible says, oh, how great is thy goodness. Look at the next line. Which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. Boy, thank God, God has laid up joy for us. Uh, You don't have to turn there. But Psalm 23, 6 says it like this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And somebody said, and every once in a while, God lets them catch up with you. Man, thank God just when we need it, God's got some joy that's laid up for us and, uh, and God knows when we need it the most and God's willing to give us that joy. My wife knows, she's in nursery night. My wife, she, she knows I love, I, I love Kitchen Creek Bakery. She knows I love that. You know I love it too, don't you, by my wonderful physique tonight. But I, and, uh, and every once in a while, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord it's not local. Thank the Lord for that. But anyway, every once in a while when she's down that direction, she'll, she'll stop by there. And I tell her, don't, don't, don't stop by there. But that doesn't help. And she still stops by there. And she knows I like those cream horns down there. I mean, man, they're just, they're awesome. And, uh, and she'll, she'll buy me one of those cream horns and she'll bring it home, and you know what she'll do? She'll lay it up for me. And when I get home, she'll say, I got you something. I got you a treat. Hey, church, did you know God does that? Did you know that God is the one that gives you joy? He's the one that provides joy, but he's also the one that prepares the joy that you need. You're here tonight and say, Pastor, man, I'm really going through the fire. I'm going through the valley. And man, we're just really going through a dark time right now. Listen, I want to encourage you, hang in there, hang in there. Because God provides joy and God has got some joy that's prepared just for you. And when you need it the most, God's going to give it to you. And so number one, we find here that joy 
is provided by God. Number two, joy is prepared for the saints. Listen to this. Number three, we, know, we notice, notice here that joy is fully experienced in God's presence. Look in your Bibles again, the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 16 and verse number 11. Psalm 16, verse number 11. The Bible says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. Look at this last part. In thy presence is what? Fullness of joy. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. That word presence there in Psalm 1611 is the Hebrew word panayim, and it means face. In thy face, that's what he's saying. Man, in thy face, in thy presence is fullness of joy. Psalm 105 verse four says, seek ye the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. Now you say, pastor, how do you seek his face? How do you get in his presence? The way you get in his presence is by getting in this book right here. And man, just read this book and devour this book and study this book. And, and as you're reading this book, you know what happens? You get into his presence. As you spend time in prayer and, and, you, and, you, and you talk to the Lord, oh, you say, preacher, I, I don't know how to pray. Oh, listen, if you know how to talk to me, you know how to talk to him. And uh, you just go talk to him. Man, just go talk to him. And you say, well, I don't know what to say. Man, just say, I love you, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for letting me go to church yesterday. Lord, thank you for giving us a great magnify conference. Lord, thank you. Have I thanked you lately for clothes to wear and shoes on my feet? And Lord, have I thanked you lately for a roof over my head? Lord, have I thanked you for a car to drive? And Lord, thank you that I have food in my refrigerator. Lord, thank you I have a refrigerator. Lord, thank you I have energy that makes the refrigerator stay cool. And Lord, thank you that I have a bed to sleep in and I have a pillow to lay my head on and I have covers and blankets to pull up. And, and Lord, thank you for my kids. And thank you for my spouse. And thank you for your blessings. And, and hey, that's the way you talk to the Lord. And as you're talking to the Lord and you're praying, you know what happens? You enter into his presence. Tell you something else. When you walk into the house of the Lord, you know what happens? Man, you're getting into his presence. You're, you're, seeking, you're seeking his face. When you walk in the spirit, you're getting into his presence. And the Bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy. Now, let me illustrate and we're gonna be done. My wife and I have Thank the Lord we have Samuel and Becca and Barrett here with us in North Carolina. And uh, man, we had no idea that there would come a day when all of our kids other than them would be gone to California. And so now we have, uh, we have six of our grandchildren getting ready to have seven of our grandchildren and they all live almost 3,000 miles away. And so, well, sometimes, I mean, that's, that gets tough. And I know some of you know about that. And, and so, boy, thank the Lord for modern technology. And my wife, very often, my wife will FaceTime. She'll FaceTime the kids. She'll FaceTime Hannah. She did it this week. And uh, you say, preacher, what's FaceTime? Y'all know what FaceTime is, don't you? And, uh, and she'll do a video call. You know, that's what you, that's what you call it. And, uh, and you can see them and talk to them, and she'll look at them on her phone or on her iPad, and, uh, uh, and, and they're able to at least converse, and they can see one another, and they can talk to one another. And I'm going to be honest with you. When she FaceTimes the kids and she FaceTimes the grandbabies, and she gets to talk to them, and she gets to... She gets to love on them, and sometimes they'll say, Mama, I'm gonna see you. 
Or sometimes they'll, sometimes they'll do this. They'll say, Mamma, I want to hug you. And they'll just, they'll hug the iPad. You know what Miss Tammy does? She hugs the iPad back. That's what she does. Now, wait a minute now. You know what? When, when she FaceTimes our kids, I'm going somewhere, it gives her great fulfillment. But it does not give her fullness of joy. It, it, she enjoys it. I mean, thank God we have it. You think about all those missionaries for years and years and years that never got to see their families uh, who, who were serving across the, the seas. And so we're very thankful we have that technology. She enjoys it. It's a blessing. But I'm going to be honest with you, that's not fullness of joy. Do you know when fullness of joy comes? Brother, when she can touch them. And she'll tell them that all the time. I just want to touch your skin. That's what she says. I just want to touch your skin. Man, thank God for FaceTime. But I don't want to FaceTime. I want to be in your presence. Man, I want to be able to wrap my arms around you. I want to be able to touch you. I want to be able to, to experience you. I want to be able to, to hug you. That's exactly what our Bible's teaching right there. If there, is, there is fullness of joy, not just joy, but there is fullness of joy when we're walking in his presence. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Ask you a question. Are you walking in his presence? Man, are you in your, in your Bible? Are you spending time in prayer, faithful to church, and, and just walking in the Spirit? Because that's, I'm telling you, man, that's when you're going to experience that fullness of joy. Let me bring this to a close. We said, number one, joy is provided by God. Number two, joy is prepared for the saints. Number three, joy is fully experienced in God's presence. And we're done tonight. But number four, joy is expressly promised by Scripture. Now let me end on a good note. Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 30. Psalm chapter 30. And look at verse number four, and we're done. We're done. Psalm chapter 30, verse number four. The Bible says, sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Look at verse five. For his anger endureth but a moment, in his favor is life. Oh, look at this last line. Weeping may endure for a night. Oh, come on now. But joy cometh in the morning. Joy cometh in the morning. Hey, church, I want to tell you something. Life comes with its share of hardships. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning. Life comes with burdens. Life, life comes with valleys. But isn't this wonderful? God has promised that joy will finally come. My wife and I were watching. We're done. We're, we're watching a program. We're watching a medical program last night. And this lady was very pregnant. She was due. And uh, she couldn't have the baby. And so they, so they uh, rushed her into surgery and they told her, they said, listen, there's, there, you're not going to be able to have the child. We're going to have to do a cesarean section. And, and so she, she agreed to that. You know, they were afraid they were going to hurt the child. And so she agreed to that. And, uh, and boy, they were, I mean, they were showing the surgery right there, showing, the, showing them to do the, the cesarean section. And, uh, and I felt so sorry for this little lady. She just, she was laying on the bed. They're getting ready to do the surgery. And on top of that, she's so sick. I mean, she's just nauseated. 
And her husband's up there at her head, and he's trying to encourage her, and he's trying to really be, he's really being sweet, trying to be a blessing to her. And she's like, oh, I feel so sick. I feel so sick. And they're, I mean, they're doing surgery on one end, and she's sick on the other end. And you could tell they were having a hard time. And then you heard the doctor say, here it comes. Here it comes. You're about to be a mom. You're about to be a dad. And they pulled that baby out. And as soon as they pulled that baby out, man, that baby began to cry. And I watched that mama. I'm talking about that one that was so sick and nauseated. That one that had a grimace on her face. And all of a sudden, everything changed. Tears started running out of her eyes. She got a smile on her face. And man, her and her husband started rejoicing. You know what? There was sadness. But boy, joy came. Joy came. Hey, I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know what you're experiencing tonight. Maybe the devil's been really fighting you. Maybe you're going through the storm of your life and you say, preacher, I've been trying to be faithful. I've been trying to read my Bible. I've been, been, been trying to spend time in prayer. I, I've even passed out a gospel track or two. Uh, I started singing in the choir or I got involved in a ministry. And preacher, it just seems like the bottom fell out. Everything's going crazy. Any advice? Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Because our Bible says weeping may endure for a night. But I got good news. Joy comes in the morning. And God's got some joy laid up just for you that he's gonna give you when you need it. Would you bow your heads with us tonight? Well, thank God for the joy of the Lord. Hey, do you have joy? Do you have joy? Do you have that, do you have that calm delight? Man, you're just full of joy. People notice something different about you. When you go to work, they're like, man, what in the world's wrong with you? And you're like, man, I'm just happy in Jesus. Man, I'm just loving the Lord, just loving life. I mean, man, it's so good. And they're like, didn't you go to church almost every day last week? You're like, man, yeah, it was great. Wow, what a week. Went to youth rally last night. Man, got home super late. But man, it was wonderful. God's so good. Folks came to the altar before the preacher even got to preach last night. Man, it's just so good to know the Lord. Man, you talk about joy. Hey, listen, there's joy for you tonight. Maybe there's somebody here this evening that needs to come to this old-fashioned altar in just a moment and say, oh, God, oh, God, give me my joy back. God, I want to be a joyful person. Father, fill me with joy, not just joy, but that fullness of joy. I pray that you'll do that tonight. Would you stand with us all over the house this evening? Father, we thank you for this time we've had together. I sure hope this has made sense. Lord, thank you for what you've shown us from your word. Thank you, Lord, that you're the provider of joy. And thank you, Heavenly Father, that you've prepared joy for us. And then thank you, Father, on top of that, you've promised joy's gonna come. God, if we'll just stay faithful, just keep keeping on. Just keep doing what we're supposed to do, just living for the Lord. God, you've promised that joy, joy's coming. Father, tonight I pray that you deal with hearts. 
Help us to be a joyful people. God, I pray tomorrow when we go to work, Father, we'd go in with a different attitude. God, when we go to school tomorrow, I pray we'll walk into the classroom, Lord, with a joy, with a gladness in our hearts and our lives. Now our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Real quickly before we go, I wonder how many are here tonight. You say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not 100% sure that I'd go to heaven. Preacher, don't get me wrong. I want to go. I want to go to heaven. I'm just not sure I would. And I care enough to slip up my hand and let you pray for me tonight. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to come back and try to get you or drag you down an aisle. But you'd say, Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you remember me in your prayers? With hands bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking. Would you just slip your hand up tonight? You'd let me pray for you. I see that hand. Is there somebody else? Is there somebody else? Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you remember me? Is there somebody else? Can I pray for you? All right. Anybody else? I see that little hand. Anybody else? Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you just pray for me, preacher? That's all I'm asking. Just pray for me. Anybody else? Anybody else? Right back here. I see that little hand right there. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I'm going to pray for all of these that have raised their hand. I see your hand right over there, buddy. Thank you. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure of heaven. Oh, listen, good neighbor. I want you to understand something. The Bible says that there's an eternity. And in that eternity, the Bible says we're either going to one of two places. We're going to heaven or we're going to a Christless hell. Thank God Jesus came, paid the penalty for our sins on the cross of Calvary. And our Bible says if we'll receive him as our Savior, we can be born again and spend eternity in heaven. Is there anybody else? I can pray for you before we go. Anybody? Anybody? All right. I'm going to pray in just a minute. I'm going to pray for all these that have raised their hand. Maybe you're here tonight. You say, preacher, I'm saved. I, I am saved. But I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. Okay. In just a moment, why don't you come and just find a place around this old-fashioned altar. Rededicate your life to Christ. You're here tonight, preacher. I've been saved. I've never been baptized. I really need to be, I really need to take that first step of obedience. All right. Why don't you come tonight? Pastor, we feel like God is leading us to join with this local body here at Calvary Baptist Church. We're gonna, we need, we, we need to join. If that's, if that's the case, you come tonight while we wait. Father, I pray you'll have your way now in this invitation. Lord, speak to every heart. And Father, especially those that raised their hands and said they're not sure of heaven. Father, I pray that you'd help them to know how much you love them. And I pray that you'd show them what Jesus did for them, how he died on an old rugged cross to pay the penalty for their sin. Lord, he was placed in a grave, but thank God, three days later, he came out of the grave and he's alive. He's alive. And Lord, he's still saving souls. God, maybe there's somebody here tonight that needs to walk this aisle and Lord, accept Jesus as their personal savior. I pray they'll do that tonight. Maybe somebody needs to rededicate their life to the Lord. 
I pray they'd do that tonight. Father, whatever the decision may be, I pray you'd have your way in it. And we thank you in Jesus' name. I'm gonna, with our heads,